0: Hi, Welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! We are in the middle of this series on the Ten Commandments. Four plus six, we call it. Uh, four commandments that teach us about our relationship with God. Six that teaches us about our relationship with people. And the cross, the plus sign in the middle that brings it all together. It is by God's grace that we can live out His law and His law points us to His grace. Amen. You know, if you're taking down notes, you know, why don't you, first of all, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. We're going to read together before I give you the title for today. And uh, Deuteronomy 5, 1 to 11. If you're there, can you hear a good amen? Amen. And uh, people online, I hope you're doing okay as well. Amen. We could be having some people from ex-Cambridge tuning in today. Uh, so, so, so hello if you're tuning in. Amen. Praise God. Uh, are you there? Deuteronomy 5, 1 to 11. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. Before we read, uh, why don't we do this together? Uh, let's see if we can. Okay, everybody lift your hands. And, and repeat after me and say, uh, both hands. Okay, I, I'm only lifting one hand because I'm holding the other mic. But lift up both hands, look at God and say, God, we surrender the preaching into your and then putting down. God, will receive uh, online do it as well. God, you receive your instruction and correction for us today. Now, cleanse your fists. God, give us a strength to obey. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Deuteronomy 5, 1. And Moses called all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your hearing today, that you may learn them and be careful to observe them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers. This commandments that we're learning today is not for the past, but with us, those of us who are here today all of us who are alive. And everyone who's alive, say, the Lord talked with you face to face on the mountain from the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the word of the Lord for you were afraid because of the fire and you did not go up the mountain. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. And so in the first week, we learned that we were created for God and we were created for a master. And so we need God and He needs to be number one in our place. Amen? You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord, your God, Am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. And so, last week in commandment number two, we learned that not only do we need God, but we need to worship Him. And, and, and God demands a specific way for us to worship Him, and it is not in comfort or convenience. Because when we objectify God, we reduce Him and God doesn't want Him to be reduced in our lives. He doesn't get reduced, but His presence in our lives reduced. And so we suffer when we objectify God. So God says, don't objectify me in any image on earth, under the water, under the heavens. And so last week, we talked about worship. It's so important to get worship right. Amen? And so today, which is why we want to focus on verse 11, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who take his name in vain. So if you're taking down notes, today's title is called, Do Not Take God's Name in Vain. Pretty straightforward, but we're going to go in deeper. Now, of course, when we look at that, Do Not Take God's Name in Vain, you know, it's pretty common sense to know that names are important, right? You know, that's why all of us, we love to have a good name. In Proverbs chapter 22, it says that a good name is better than riches and gold. And so, you know, we live in a world today where we understand the power of a name. You know, people uh, go to courts to fight for their reputation. In other words, their name, right? I mean, I, I do law, well, I read law. My, my wife is still practicing and and and, and there's a branch of practice, you know, where, you know, you go to court, it's called defamation suits. And, and, and you go there and protect people and people can get a lot of money back if they have been, you know, wrongfully accused, wrongfully, you know, their reputation wrongfully affected or destroyed by something untrue that people have said, right? Uh, if, if you are not familiar with that, then there's this other thing called copyright. Copyright, intellectual property. People fight over their names. That's why I can't just, uh, you know, uh, uh, buy a bag and and, and print Regina Pure on it, you know, because Regina Pure is not my name. Now, those of you who who don't know, that's like a really up and coming brand in in London, in the London fashion scene. I'm just dropping it so that I can look cool. Uh, that's there's, there's no way you guys will think I'm cool, but maybe the people online will think that you know. Anyway, we have someone working for that brand or oh, any other brand, you know. I always joke with uh, Pastor Cat. I say that you know, if you don't know how to speak in tongues, just go look at all the brand names and then repeat after them. Then it sounds like tongues. At least it sounds like tongues to me. Or at least every time she tells me about that brand, you know, I go like, what? What do you, I don't understand? You need to interpret the tongues, you know, you know, foragamo, 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 or something like that. Anyway, so. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't just take a name, right? Whether it's like Coach or, or Louis Vuitton or, or, or Michael Kors. You know, you can be a Michael, but you cannot be a Michael Kors. Because that's a name. You can't just take that and stick it to anything because a name represents something. A name is important. That's why when we go to a meeting and when people remember our names, we, we feel respected, don't we? You know, we, we, if, if you go, if you come to church, you know, the, the first time you came and then you introduce yourself and then the next time you came, people remember your name, you immediately feel so loved. And, and that's what we hope to do in Acts, you know. But if you come to any organization and then you, you've been there, you know, so many times, you know, and people forget your name, you, you, you get a little bit sad, right? How many of you get a little bit sad when you are at Starbucks and then they get your name wrong? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone who was at Starbucks and got your name wrong before? Right? Right. I mean, how hard can it be to get that anyway? So, names are important. So, it goes without saying that today, we're not just talking about, you know, uh, uh, don't use God's name in vain. Don't use it as a... I mean, that's that's a given, right? You know, don't use uh, God's name flippantly. You know, in vain means that using it recklessly, using it without thought and using it selfishly, right? And so, on the surface level, we understand it. Just like how we don't want people to use our name recklessly, right? We don't want our name to be associated with with something negative. We want it to be positive, right? Let's say, for example, if Toby is a very generous person, you know, and then his generosity has gone around to the point where every generous act, people will say, oh the person just pulled a Toby. Now, Toby would love that and go like, yes, yes, keep pulling Tobys. Now, but if your name represents something negative, you know, I'm using people that, that don't mind being used as examples, you know. So for example, you know, like, like, uh, like, like Bess, because you know, we know that she's a very nice person. Uh, uh, but let's say, you know, after a while, you know, people use the word Bess to describe like, oh, you know, like you've been stabbed in the back, you know? So you'd be like, oh, you've just been bested, you know? And then, of course, you'll be angry because nobody wants their name to be associated with a negative act. And so we know on a surface level that, hey, if we don't like it, what more God, right? And the world that we're living in today, you know, there's almost like this spiritual conspiracy. I'm not being on conspiracy theories, but, but sometimes you got to wonder, hmm, how come of all swear words, the name of Jesus is the one that's being singled out. Nobody says, "Oh my Buddha." Nobody says, you know, uh, 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 you know. I, I mean, I'm trying to be respectful to other people, but you know, nobody uses Muhammad in a negative way. Nobody uses Buddha in a negative way, uh, uh, and nobody uses you know any of the gurus in a. But yet, everybody without thought. In 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 anger and recklessly use the name of Jesus, you know, as a swear word, as an expression of anger, when that's not what he represents. When you think of anger, you don't think of Jesus, you think of the incredible Hulk. And yet nobody says, Oh, Hulk, when they get angry. Maybe we should start doing that, you know. And 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 so we, you know, sometimes you're gonna wonder, huh? Wow. You know that there must be something spiritual at work here. You know, trying to, because the devil, even the devil, sometimes we as believers, we forget that there's power in the name of Jesus. And yet the devil knows this and and, and maybe wants to corrupt people's perception of God's name. Sometimes we, we use it, you know, every day, you know, whether it's Jesus or or we say you no know, the word like G's, you know, it's it's all a variation of taking God's name in vain. You know, even, even sometimes we got to check ourselves, why do we say OMG? Right? Why do, we, why do we not, you know, when we say, oh, you know, why, why do we invoke God? Because for me, oh my God is a prayer. You know, when, when, when I, when, you know, so I can see like the enemy is trying to go like, you no, know, because when you read the Psalms, you know, constantly the Psalmist is on his knees going, oh my God. My God, why have you forsaken me? My God, why do you not see this? And yet there is like a almost like a spiritual conspiracy trying to you know defame the name of God and as God's people we need to we need to make sure that we are not contributing to it. Amen. You know, and so I want to bring us deeper because that's like you get it, right? You get it. You're not here for a message on don't use the word Jesus as a servant. We all know this, right? As, as, just as we don't want our names to be a servant. And so, what are we here to, 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 to dig into? We're here to, to, to learn and relearn again that God's name is holy. It's holy. And God's name is his nature, his reputation, and his character. And we need to understand this because this was given to them in the Old Testament and they revered God's name so much that the scribes, the people who would write down and record history, they didn't dare to spell or speak God's name directly. Now in the New Covenant, because of Jesus and what He has done for us, the forgiveness and the reconciliation we have with Christ, we can now say the word Yahweh which in the Bible is this powerful, powerful, it's more than a song, it's a powerful, it's, it's an intimate God act of revealing His name. It was God saying that, I'm God, that's my title, Creator, but my name is Yahweh. And they revered it so much that they didn't dare spell it out and they would only spell it without the vowels. And so it's not uncommon for you if you go to Israel or you look at some of the you know, Jewish documents to have the words YHWH. And that was their abbreviation. And they know that when we write that, we mean Yahweh, but we sh- sh- shall not speak it. You know, it's it's the it's the opposite of Voldemort, you know, it's not the he who shall not be named. This is the we are not worthy of this name, you know. And 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 all they will come of a variation called Jehovah. Jehovah, which you know, we 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 know if you if you've been in church a while, you know certain songs, you know Jehovah Jireh, my provide. Anyway, so Jehovah is a very racial you know, and then what this tells us, and we need to come back to that place, and and we need to we need to fix our attitude in our regards to God's name. We need to come back to that place and learn to revere God's name, because His name is great. It's holy and we can speak it and we need to handle it with care. Now, why do we need to handle it with care? Well, let's ask ourselves three questions that we ask ourselves every week. This is us going a bit deeper. Like I said, it's not just about don't misuse God's name. Yes, for sure. But the first question we're going to ask ourselves that we ask ourselves every week, what does this command tell us about who we are? Besides fixing our attitude and our reference towards God, what does this command tell us about who we are? Point number one, we are made to represent God. The word take in Hebrew is pronounced nor saw. All right? If you want to write it down phonetically, N-A-W-S-A-W, nor saw. And it means to carry, to live, to bear. And it's similar... A word to describe carrying or lifting or, or or embracing a name like how people do it when they family through marriage. And so, when the word of God says, "Do not take God's name in vain," besides just don't be flippant about it, it also means this: don't carry it without purpose. And 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 for example, you know. Uh you know, I you no know, in the Asian culture we, we don't necessarily change uh, our name when we get married, but as you know, times modernized people do. And 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 I and I know for a fact uh, that my my mom, you know, Mrs. Yao, the one and only Mrs. Yao, don't go to Pastor Ken and call her Mrs. Yao, she will hate it. But I know for a fact. That my mom takes great pride and, 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 and responsibility when she carries that surname that she married into. And God is saying to us, my people, these are my commands for you. You need me and I need to be your number one. You need to worship me and this is how I want to be worshipped. And commandment number three is this, my name is holy, so carry it responsibly. And, and, and God is using this very intimate. So God is not only saying that, not only do you worship me, but I want you to represent me. You know, and, and I know I joke that, you know, Pastor, you know, Cat, you know she, she still goes by in the office, Catherine Tan. But once in a while, once in a while, you know, when she signs up for a particular like church stuff, you know, like uh, especially in um, when we go to like a big church conference, you know, back home, Uh, she would, in those occasions, put Catherine Yao. uh, Because she says that there are many Catherine Tans, but there's only one Catherine Yao. And then whenever I heard that, I go like, you're right, baby, there's only one Catherine Yao. (laughs) But similarly, now all jokes aside, similarly, God is saying that there's only one God. And I am allowing you to carry my name. So carry it well. And we need to understand this, that we are made and... And and again, you know, earlier on, I alluded to a spiritual conspiracy, but but isn't it ironic that as human beings, we we crave to represent something? Look at the world today. People people love to to find something to associate themselves with. You know, whether it's a. It's a political thing, or oh, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, I'm a Tory voter, I'm a Labour, you know, or even, you know, identities like, oh, I'm from the North, or I'm from the South, I'm from Liverpool, I'm from London, you know, and, and and different things, right? You know, like a lot of us are from Malaysia, so you can take you out of Malaysia, but you can't take Malaysia out of you, right? And so we still, you know, talk the way we do, and, and a lot of us, we we we, we love uh, 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 associating with a particular identity whether it's where we come from like Hong Kong or China or Indonesia Malaysia or the UK and and not just that the, 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 the world is is desperately trying to label us to represent them think about it you know all the shopping you're literally paying coming back to shopping I believe God is speaking to some people here you know that you're literally paying thousands of dollars and pounds and hundreds of pounds wear something that carries another person's name. Just think about it for a while, right? Even if you get a free gift, you, you buy a carton of Coke and then, oh, here's a free t-shirt. The t-shirt doesn't say your name, the t-shirt says Coca-Cola. You know, even if you spend a lot of money, let's say for example, you know, to, 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 to buy, you know, the latest street fashion wear, you know, outside there is not Sam, it's Supreme. And and isn't it ironic that even in the natural, no companies and corporations understand this? That wow, and there's something about people looking to represent. So let's ride on that and let's get them to represent us, whether they realize it or not. And yet God is saying that yeah, there is something about us. We are created to represent, and we're created to represent God, and we need to represent it well. How well? Jesus taught this in Matthew chapter five, verse fourteen to sixteen. Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says this, and we know this, but let's go through it again. In fact, let's start at verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown up and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And this is Jesus again teaching the commandments and saying that you are made in God's image. You are made. You are made to have this physical and spiritual ability to represent. And God is saying, so represent me. You know, do not take my name in vain, meaning be salt, be light. Because I am not a thoughtless, reckless, self-centered God. That's what vanity is. It's it's self-centeredness and it's it's thoughtlessness. And God has said that I am not like that. So don't represent me like that. Instead, represent me by being salt. By being the, the ones that add flavor. How many of you love salt here? Come on, it's okay. So okay. again, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, so it's fine. We love salt. Salt adds flavor. Nobody goes and buy potato chips, no, no flavor. You don't, right? I mean, maybe some of you do, but you know, God help you and we'll, we'll have a prayer meeting after this. But we love you know, salt and vinegar, salt and pepper, salt and something, right? Because salt adds flavor. And not only that, salt preserves You know, that's why salted meat, it it preserves the meat, it halts the rot. And God is saying, be my people, that when you enter a room, you do not suck the life out of it, you add life to it. That's what, you know, that's what preservation means, you add life. The meat by itself, without salt, will rot and die. But when you add salt to the meat, it, 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 it survives longer, it can be used longer. And so God says, be my people who are like salt. May be people that add flavor and add life. Be like me. Be like your Father. Represent your Father who is light. A light, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. A lamp that is there to be displayed for all to see. A light, light illuminates. Light shows the way. Be people who show the way. Show the way to God. Show the way to forgiveness. Show the way to healing. Show the way. And you and you are not just a oh, little bit of light. Because sometimes we, we think, oh, you know, I'm just, you no, know, I'm what's that song? Like I suddenly can't remember. But I'm a, I have a little light. I'm just gonna let it shine. You know, like like Sunday school songs. And God say that that's not Christianity. You know, my children are not just no. I've got a little light. I'm gonna let it shine. No, you are a city on a hill. That even if you want to hide, you cannot be hidden. And yet, how ironic we, so many Christians, we are like a city that's trying to hide itself. And God is saying, don't do that. Let your light illuminate. Illuminate in what way? Through good works. So represent God how? So are we saved by good works? No, but we're saved for good works because that is part of the nature of light. Light, you know, it, it, it shines out so that people will see your good works, the Bible says, and glorify your Father in heaven. And so God is saying that, and when I say, come on the tree, do not take my name in vain, it means that don't live an aimless, selfish, and pointless life, but add flavor, add life, show the way, and lead by good works. Amen? And, and that tells us, and that's why when we do good works, we come alive. Regardless of your creed or culture, when you do something good, when you help someone, there is this inner battery that recharges itself. And God is saying that that's what you're built for. You're built to represent me and represent me through good works. And that tells us about who we are. So going a bit deeper now, so why was this given? If if, if representation is such a wondrous, beautiful thing, why... Was this command given? Because point number two, we sin when we fake God's endorsement. As much as we are called to represent God, the problem is we are sinners. And so our entire life is this tension between God, the thing that I know I ought to do, I don't do, and the very thing that I don't want to do, I do. And so the thing that we ought to do, represent God, be salt, be like, Arr! we struggle to do it. And the very thing that we don't, are not supposed to do, fake God's endorsement, we do it all the time. We do it all the time. Right? If you're really honest, and I'm not here to point fingers, but if you're really honest, how many times have we said things like, God told me, but when He hasn't. Right? Nobody raise hands, because I know, you know, we'll all be raising hands. So I'm just going to assume that all our hands are lifted up. <laughs> but that's the truth. I've been there. You know, I've given an excuse. You know, oh, I don't... How many of you have said, I don't feel the peace? That's such a Christian, sissy way of saying, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Trying to justify, you know. Oh, I... I you know, oh, we, we can... Opposite. So we either fake God's endorsement or or, or, or basically we fake hearing God. We We... Let me put it this way: we, we we sin when we fear God's endorsement, but we also sin when we put God's name on our projects without His approval. And so many times we have put God's name over our own selfish project, over our relationships. I've counseled so many people who go like, Pastor, I know he's he's you know I know he's not uh, 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 the right guy for me. He's a bad boy. But, but, I feel like God wants me to win Him over with my love. No. No. I can tell you that you're using God's name in vain because that is not how God works. And yet we say it all the time. Oh, I feel, and I know this is not right, but I feel at peace with this decision. No! God will not make you do something wrong. He will not give you the peace to sin. In fact, it's the opposite. When you sin, you've got no peace. And then very, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were, the, the peace was gone. And they immediately tried to cover up their shame and hide from God. And yet we, oh sinful we, why was this given? Because God is saying that I will not hold them guiltless. In other words, God is saying that this is serious don't sin in this way. Don't put my name, right? I mean, think about it. Even on our level, right? Those of us who work in in an organization, those of us who God has given us responsibility over other people, how would you like it? If someone under your care comes out and uses your name in vain and go like, oh, who told you you can have an extra hour lunch break? Um, cat? Which cat? Catherine Gao? Right? And and we hate it. And God is saying that I hate it too. So don't do it. Don't, don't, don't stick. And, and because this not only does it dishonor God, but we suffer. We lie to ourselves. You see, not only uh, let me let me I wrote this down yesterday when I was preparing for this message. It says, Our insecurity and selfish ambition leads us to self-justify. We feel the need to, 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 to justify, borrowing God's name to justify. Oh, I feel God telling me to change church. I feel God telling me to not go. I feel, you know, or, or, or worse. We, we, we say this and we, we don't do it. Oh, let me pray about it. And we don't. Would you like to serve? Oh, let me pray about it. If you read the Bible, God will say, serve, serve. You don't need to pray about serving God. Oh, let me pray about it. And now, if you really pray about it, it's fine. But the problem is we don't. And what is that? You're using God's name in vain. you're you're essentially telling people, I'm gonna talk to God about it, but actually i'm I'm not. I'm not even gonna talk. I, i'm I'm representing as if like I'm gonna talk to God about it, but I'm gonna walk away and do my own thing. And we do it because we are insecure. And over history, you can see a lot of human insecurity and selfish ambition plus the sinful nature to self-justify leading to horrible things like the Crusades, like appetite, like imperialism and racism, people using God's name to justify wars, God's name to justify the the mistreatment of, of women and children and people of different color. It is wrong. And if you look at that, history is full of people breaking this command. And God is saying that, don't you worry, first of all, I will not let them go guiltless. But you who are living today, do not perpetuate it. And yeah, you might be saying, but pastor, I'm not starting genocide in the name of Jesus. And most of us are not. If you feel the need to, please come and talk to me. We will get the demon out of you, okay? Okay. But we do it in other ways. We do it when we we under pressure. We say, oh, no, I I feel God saying this to you. And we can do it. This is the the worst thing. We can do it with the best intention, but even then, that is wrong. Now, be honest. How many times have you, because you're talking to your friend and, and your friend is hurting because they're going through something, and there's a part of you that desires to comfort them so much but a desire, if you, if you put it under a microscope, it is rooted in insecurity because you are insecure, you know, and, and you are, you're afraid that if your friend uh, has the prayer unanswered or goes through what they're going through, you're afraid, you're insecure of God's ability to stand for Himself. And you're, you're insecure, you're afraid that your friend might lose faith. And so, sometimes out of the best intentions, we will pray and say, Oh, sister, I feel God say that it's going to be okay and that it doesn't turn out okay. Oh, I know, I know. We just went ouch there. And I want us to know that's equally dangerous. And God is saying, don't use my name in vain. Don't, Don't use it for the wrong things, but don't try to squeeze me into what you think is the right thing. Don't try to get God to endorse a relationship that He doesn't want you to be in. Or to offer encouragement because, you know, you think that the person needs to hear something positive. But maybe God has a different story, different testimony planned for this person. Let God be God. Amen? And so don't sin. Why was this given? To stop God's people from sinning. Because, like I said, we because of our fleshly nature, we cannot help it. And sometimes even in trying to be positive, it's actually rooted in insecurity and we need to watch it. Amen. So, in short, well, what's next? Well, question three, how do we live this out today? That also gives us an answer to a conundrum that we raised in number two. Number three, we need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Oh, wait, I just forgot a scripture. Can I just reverse time and give you John chapter 6 verse 38 for a little bit? Just go back in time to uh, point number two. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. In other words, this needs to be our mindset. Because you you just said, okay, Pastor, wow, you know, you just raised a very uncomfortable topic. That us as Christians, we can sometimes use God's fake endorsement for the negative, but also for the positive. So how do we get over this? Well, it's an attitude thing. And so our attitude needs to be like Jesus. You know, I'm trying to link everything we're talking about in the Old Testament to Jesus' teaching. And this is what Jesus says. I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And Jesus was obedient to the letter. And, and we know for a fact, we know for a fact that there were ma- like Jesus healed many blind people. But He didn't heal all the blind people in Israel. He, he, he could have, Jesus could have the power to raise many who have died, but He chose to raise a few, Jairus' daughter and Lazarus' friend. There were many lepers, but He healed a few. There were thousands and hundreds of thousands who were hungry, but He fed five thousands and in another occasion, four thousand. What is this saying? Jesus is saying that, you know, understand. I understand your desire to do more, but more importantly is our desire to do God's will. And when we have a mindset that says that, you know what, if Jesus, you know, it's not about our ability to do more, right? But it's about doing what God wants us to do. And so Jesus is trying to tell us, I know there are times where, I'm going to focus on the positive, there are times where, Christians, you want to do more. You want to tell the world to stop hurting. You wanna you wanna be able to just tell them that it's gonna be okay, but don't focus on pleasing other people, focus on pleasing God. Because many times our our false endorsement, especially in the positive aspects of our faith, like promising to pray and not praying, uh and declaring prophecy when we know we didn't really, really hear from God, or sometimes we can self-justify and go like, "Oh, I really feel God's peace to give me this job. I'm going to take this job. What we are really saying is that I'm desperate for some finances. And so this is the first job that comes knocking my way. So it must be from God. But we didn't, if you're we really honest, we didn't really spend time praying to God. And God is saying that don't focus on pleasing other people. Don't be focused on pleasing yourself for good or ill. Focus on pleasing God. And when you please God, you will not sin. Point number three. So let your yes be yes and your no be no. Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 to 37. Jesus teaches this. So let's go to Jesus. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is His footstool. Nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. So if you're having grey hair, it's not your fault. You didn't make it, you can't do it. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. And so God is saying that, look, commandment number three, do not take my name in vain. Take, to bear, to carry, so represent me well. Don't put my name where it doesn't belong. And be consistent. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. It's about being consistent. Jesus is saying, don't swear that you're gonna do it, just do it. Don't say that, oh, by the gods I will do it. Don't, don't, don't swear on earth, it's not yours, it's God's. Footstool. Don't swear by the heaven. It's God's reclining chair. Don't swear by Jerusalem. It's a beautiful city, but it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the great king. Don't swear on your own head, because you can't even turn it black or white, right? And so, so maybe that's a encouragement as well, you know. So, so those of you who have gray hair, you can't turn it black. So, so anyway, don't don't bother going to. Anyway, I'm just I'm just trying to lighten the mood because I know it's a bit oh. Ouch today. But God is saying that let your yes be less, be consistent. If you in my people, this is how you present me. Be salt be light, but be people, but be people of your word. Nothing more, nothing less. Anything than that is from the evil one. And Jesus again is hinting that, that there's this wrestling match, whether the evil one is represented by our flesh or by the temptation of the devil. And God is saying, be consistent. If you're gonna love me, love me. Don't add any more excuses. Don't, don't, don't give any more, don't, don't say that, oh you know, you know, if, if this happened, then I'll do it. Don't. How many of us have been there before? God, please, if you answer this prayer, I will. You've been there, right? God, give me a man and I will bring him to church. God, give me the million dollars and I will tithe. God, give me a car and I'll fetch my friends to church. And God is saying that, no, don't. Either bring your friends to church or don't bring your friends to church. Don't put put a God criteria in front or behind it. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Be consistent in your representation of God. If Jesus is called the Word of God, then we who are His followers, we need to be true to our Word. It's as simple as that. And so I know this might not be comfortable, but God is saying that, hey, I want you to be consistent. I want you to take responsibility for your walk with me. You know, I'm not expecting you to be perfect. God doesn't. Will we fall? Yes, we will. Will we stumble? Yes, we will. But God is saying pick yourself up again. Hey, you know, let, let let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yes, you made a mistake. Okay, now get better. Get up. Don't dwell in that. If you're going to say no to God, say no to God and then let Him deal with your no. And He will. And God again is saying that, hey, don't, don't be lukewarm, but be consistent. Can I give you one more scripture as we wrap up today's message? John chapter 5, verse 30. I can myself do nothing. This is again Jesus saying, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus is also saying that, look, I'm not here to show off. I'm here to do the will of the Father. What I hear, I do. So as we wrap things up, let me give us a practical point on how to let our yes be yes and our no be no. How do we work on our consistency and our accuracy in representing God and speaking on behalf of Him, intimacy? Jesus is saying that the reason why I'm able to do, whether it's judgment or these other things, is because I am intimate with the Father in heaven. I hear Him and I do what I am told. And if He doesn't ask me to do that, I'm going to rest in His judgment. But if you ask me to do something, I'm going to do it. And so, God is saying that, represent me well, but, re- but you need to do it out of a place of intimacy. You know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying my hardest to, to live this out every day because I know that standing in front of you, saying all this, uh, to many of you, what I say is the Word of God. And 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 yet when I'm preparing this, I'm like, oh God, I need to hear from you. And, and and if I don't work on my intimacy with God, and then I then I cannot confidently stand in front of you. And God is saying I want my people to stand confidently in front of their friends to declare salvation, but that needs to come from a place of intimacy. Just like how I'm intimate, I am close. So my encouragement for us. How do we let a yes be yes and no be no? How do we be consistent? First of all, it's again an attitude thing. We got to start taking God seriously and go like, you know what? I represent God. You know, and, and, and God's nature is this, right? God is, will either say yes, I will help you or no, I will not. God never says, uh, let's wait and see. Show me a portion of the Bible that says, and God says, uh, let me think about it. Never. He's always on time. and He's always decisive. And God is saying, represent me. So I'm never, uh, so don't, uh. I mean, you know what I'm saying. It's okay to have, uh, try and think of what's next to say. But be decisive and be decisive. Be consistent out of a place of intimacy with God. And So if we can put the three commandments together, it's like this. You need God. And you need to worship Him and worship Him from a place of intimacy. Worship Him from a place of consistency. Worship Him from a place of, of representation. You cannot represent someone if you're not intimate with them. That's why only Pastor Cat can go around and if she wants to call herself Mrs. Yao, she can because she has the right to do so, because she is intimate with a Mr. Yao. It sounds weird. I never call myself Mr. Yao. My dad is Mr. Yao. But you get what I'm saying. And so for us, God is saying, so it all ties in. God is saying, represent me well. But how do we represent God well? How do we become people that follow the Word, represent the Word well, whose yes is yes and the no is no? People who will not sin by throwing God's endorsement left, right, and center without consulting Him both for ill and for good, well, we need to spend time with God and hear His heartbeat and do what He wants us to do. Amen? Let's pray. Thank You, Lord. God, we thank You that we're able to dive into Your Word. And every week, God, we know that it becomes more challenging. And that's where we realize we need Your grace. And God, we know that we're not saved by the law, but we're saved to fulfill, to live out the law. And so God, we know that even you called us to make disciples. Lord, to represent you well. And so God, I pray, Lord, today, help us, Lord, to come back to the place again, realizing that your name is holy and we are called to be your holy people. So Lord, as the world tries to stick their brand on us, may we realize that we have the biggest name to carry of all, the name of Jesus. And Lord, help us to carry it well. Help us, Lord, to be secure through intimacy with you, Holy Spirit, so that we do not claim your name where, and, and, and stick it where it does not belong, whether for our selfish insecurities or even for our best intentions and, worst of all, for negative reasons. May we never use your name in vain. Lord, we also pray that you will make us people that are consistent. Your teaching says, be consistent. Don't swear, don't do this. If you're going to do something, do it. If you're not going to do it, don't do it. And then live by that judgment. But let your yes be yes and your no be no. And Lord, at the end of the day, help us. As we're reminded again and again today that you did not come to do your own thing. You came to do the will of the Father may we by your grace live out the will of the Father in our lives. For today, for Monday, for every day of our lives, Lord, we know that you want us to be salt and light to someone, to show the way to someone. And so God, help us, Lord, to grow in our intimacy with you so that we not only represent you, but Lord, that we do not miss out on your assignment for us every day. Just like how Jesus came to do your will, may we do your will. Lord, if it is your will for us to impact someone on Monday, let us do it. If it is your will for us to bless someone, let us bless it. But Lord, help us, Lord, to grow that obedience out of intimacy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, Thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.